Hello, everybody. Welcome to Aaron All Station Radio, the radio podcast for gaming news and more. Your one host, the most, the one and only, Aaron All Station Radio. Today, we got a starting topic with this, and this is kind of something that I thought it was kind of funny, so I might have wanted to share the first part topic of gaming news. Genshin Impact concept shows Guzon creating a Yu Gi Oh! dual disc. Genshin Impact fan-made concept shows a popular character named Guzong working on a Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Disc. However, in the Hoyu universe, recently added a new game mode in- named Genshin Invocation TCG, which is a feature of a variety different of characters from the playable roster as well as their unique kits. Even though the Genshin Impact usually does not tweak their the power of their characters once they officially join the playable roster. The developers have confirmed that the new TCG game mode will receive adjustments in future patches to make sure that certain types of decks don't become overpowered. Since the release back in 3.3, Genius Invocation has become a fan favorite part of the game for many players, especially since it does not require resin, unlike many other activities in the worlds of Taviat. Genshin Impact has, rele- has released a new story teaser and named Echoes of the Heart, which features a number of legendary characters from the Lumiu region. One of those characters is Guzong, also known as the Lord of the Dust, who usually be the leader of the Guilty Assembly, which is an ancestral civilization in Lue known for its highly advanced invitations. Inspired by Guzong's dedication to engineer bit a reddit user named mccann player has created an interesting piece of art showing the legendary investor working on a dual disc which is an iconic piece to of equipment from the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise the dual disc was first manufactured by kaiba corp and has made its first appearance in the earlier seasons of anime fans seem to like the whole concept as the Post reached almost 4k upvotes on the official Genshin Impact subreddit, with many comments claiming that they would love to see a similar gadget being implemented in the game. Some players claim that the Hoyu Universe should also try to find a way to add older characters like Guizuzan to be to the playable roster. Despite being one of the most important characters in Liu's ancient civilization, Guzong was not purchasably powerful at least. With comparing her close friends, which include the Geo Arian overall players, seem to be very satisfied with the new Genshin in, in, Genius Invoke TCG, as it offers a completely different gaming experience. And it's also a great solution to one of Genshin Impact's main problems, which is the lack of permanent content. The Spiral Abyss domain is used to be only to be used as a permanent in game mode before once players clear all of its floors. There were no real reasons to return until the next month reset. And Genshin Impact is still available for PS4, PS5, PC, mobile devices, and a Switch version is in development. Alright. And here is another gaming news topic, and this one is right here. Nintendo wins class action lawsuit about Switch Joy-Con drifts. Nintendo recently won a class action lawsuit filed by the parents who accused of the company not only selling faulty products, 
The parents in question had initially attempted to sue Nintendo themselves, but it became clear they had no chance of winning due to the Switch's end-user license agreement, which prevents lawsuits. Those parents nevertheless went ahead with the lawsuit and argued that their children weren't bound by the agreement and therefore could sue the company. The case was first brought in 2019, just three days afterwards, the internal memo at Nintendo instructed employees in North America to start offering Nintendo Switch Joy-Con repairs for free. While the company took steps to fix the problems, those who filed the lawsuit said that the company has not done enough to fix a known issue. As a result, they kept on with the, the suit, and as one of the mothers, Luis Sanchez, explained that the console was purchased in December, but the development problems within Joy-Con in less than a month. While there were now free methods of getting it fixed, they argued that the fact Nintendo knew there were problems and so sold enough to justify being sued. The lawsuit over Nintendo's Joy-Con problems has been dismissed. The parents' argument that their children were not bound to the by the end user agreement license wasn't sound, as it was determined that the parent it was the parents who owned the console and made the agreement and the children had no grounds to sue over it. Since the parents are bound by the agreement, they have no resource but to give up the suit. Joy Drift, Joy Drift interferes with playing games and watching movies, and in the past, Nintendo has faced many other lawsuits over the same issue. The problem was so severe before the free Joy-Con repair program that Nintendo presented Shirogo Furaki had made an apology for the inconvenience other Nintendo executes, like Doug Bowser, have addressed the issue, saying that the problem was the company being aware of, and he had added that the new OLED Switch consoles have overall improved the analog stick as well as improving the thumbstick, and it would be included in the standard Switch consoles now as well. The Joy-Con Drift lawsuit was thrown out, and because the parents lost the loophole of using their children's circumvent to the EULA, they were seeking $5 million because Nintendo's marketing didn't effectively warn about the drift. Now they have to endure the legal fees while well, they could have just gone to get the Joy-Con fixed for free. it's time for the next bit of gaming topic news and let's get down to it so let's hope you guys are ready because this is it here's another one Final Fantasy classes are slowly losing their identity Final Fantasy 14 is rapidly approaching its 10 year anniversary over the course of its lifespan the Final Fantasy's 14 19th job has been adjusted and rebalanced and reworked completely. Some of these playable jobs like Summoner and Mechanicus have changed so drastically that they almost have unrecognizable from their original incarnations. However, some of these changes have not necessarily been for the best. Over time, Final Fantasy XIV classics have gradually lost their individuality, with each patch, smaller tweaks, and larger reworks have eroded the class's identities. Well, it made it easier for the Final Fantasy XIV to balance its mechanics, and it runs the risk of watering down the gameplay that attracted the players to the MMO. 
ORBG in the first place. And the home of greatest of, 40, of Final Fantasy XIV, in the past, some Final Fantasy XIV classes had truly unique playstyles. Fans who played during the Heavy Weaver may remember the infamous Bow Wizard, Bard, or the original Mana Hungry, more aggressive kit in Final Fantasy XIV Dark Knight. While some of those classes were more or less fun than others, a few can argue that they were unique. While each expansion introduced heavy job reworks and Shadowbringers brought especially to the big changes nearly every one. These changes streamlined classes and improved upon the job gauge introduction into the story Strom Bloodline. But the players began to notice the certain classes especially tanked when they were playing Similarity. Nearly for four years after these simulators have grown in Pernus, the Inner Walker transferred the summoner from the complex class to a more utilizing to do so a straightforward button masher. More <laughs> recently, a rework of Paladin saw as its confidence candidate shifted to its well similar to the other tanks classes, and every one of those changes had squeezed the jobs into either two minute burst windows of the lineup or literally too nicely. The home guy appeared in the other places across Final Fantasy XIV, and popular for Final Fantasy XIV dungeons there were once labyrinth crawls full of operational mobs and hidden secrets have been streamlined into the standard three boss. Twelve mobs hallways the, and the bosses themselves use all the moves that fit the same archetypes, a tank buster, and a room-wide AoE, and a couple standards of mechanics with occasional twists. While this euphemia creates recognizable patterns, it also creates predictability that the threat becomes stale. In the Endwalker patch, 6.1 in Final Fantasy XIV gave its PvP system a facelift, alongside with a new mode that patches on all gave the playable jobs new kits, including a unique limit break, well, simply from their PvE counterparts. These kits are dynamics and reacting and unique. For this example, for a samurai can deliver a devastating blows as they race across the battlefield with a limit break that it can instantly kill enemies. Mechanics cycles through an upgradable gadget that can simply snipe enemies from extreme range. Red mage can swap between white and black shifts to adapt their spells for more support or more damage depending on the situation. Each PvP in Job in Final Fantasy XIV has special mechanics and they create a distinctive playstyle and ensure no two classes play exactly the same. As the new PvP matches in Final Fantasy XIV have been massively successful since the introduction in 2022, the fast-paced crystalline conflict mode in Final Fantasy XIV has let the PvP truly flourish for the first time since the game's launch and said the strong state of the job actions in PvP only severe highlight to the blatantness of the heart of the PvE class. Alright, and we will take a break, and guys, we will be right back with more Air and All Station Radio. Alrighty, we are back with Aaron All Station Radio, and more in gaming news. Alrighty, let's get back to the next topic of gaming news, and this is a big one. Microsoft's legal team reportedly believes that United Kingdom's competition 
and Markets Authority is prepared to oppose the acquisition of Activision Blizzard and the acquisition of the publisher of Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and many other major video game franchises is currently in limbo as the international regulatory bodies do the antitrust evaluations of the FTC in the United States is already moving to prevent the acquisition of Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. Could be blocked in the United Kingdom next. The United Kingdom's CMA is currently in the process of a phase two investigation. A phase one investigation which is faster than less thorough and raised concerns that Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard could impact the competition within the country. Phase two gathers substantially more evidence on the acquisition and the investigation of potential charges to the industry's competition and financial findings are expected to be issued in early February of within the final deadline of a CMA's report on April 26. With provisions finding expected relatively soon, New York Times is reporting that Microsoft's legal team experts expects the CMA to oppose the Activision Blizzard acquisition. No further details were provided regarding the nature of the UK's opposition. However, Microsoft would be put in a position of having to persuade the CMA to allow the acquisition by late April. Microsoft is said to be planning to continue its efforts regardless of the CMA's potential opposition sources distributed by Microsoft, hoping to persuade, and not just in the United Kingdom, but also the European Union, as access to significant concessions in order to approve the deal. If Microsoft is able to pursue the EU, and for the example, it could pursue in the UK, also accept the acquisition of concessions. And Microsoft could say those approvals into persuading the FTC in the United States to also reach an agreement. The internal competition of Activision Blizzard acquisition is made to incredibly violate and difficult to predict. There, the Microsoft that the fact that Microsoft's legal team continues to pursue the acquisition should convey the company's confidence in the matter of how, as even as regulatory bodies circle the wagons, increasingly it is clear that Microsoft is going to have to make some significantly larger concessions in order to make it happen. While in the past several months have resulted in very little news regarding Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Things are about to start moving very fast in starting of February with the CMA's initial findings and going through August. Microsoft has its court case against the FTC and the latest remains of the internal bodies evaluating the acquisition will come to their respective conclusions. Whether it ends with a successful Activision Blizzard acquisition is just, un- just as unclear or as when Microsoft's purchase was first made. Well, this is another gaming topic news, and let's get to it on this one. The return of once of World of War II gaming franchise, Ubersoft's Blazing Angels, would help completely revitalize the flight combat genre. There has been an unfortunate lack of historic flight combat games for interesting players as of late. 
particularly ones that focus on the World War II era, and every single new game such from this long doormat franchise reverse the trend. This trend. World War II flight simulators have games have seen something of a downturn in recent years. But some franchise like the L IL Sturrock is a novel to World World War II flight combat simulator series with maintaining a following but is failing to fulfill the capture to classic arcade aesthetics, which has many of the many World War combat fighter games popular. This is not to say, but this such as a feature is, is just reading from the modern gaming, of course. An enormous Battlefield franchise, which began with Battlefield 1942, is still going strong in the World War era planes and featuring in Battle War V, as well as received the same time as they are once are part of a larger game, now focusing on older titles such as Blazing Angels. Blazing Angels should make should return with a new title. Blazing Angels is a perfect example of the World War franchise who deserve a comeback with the original answer in the classic fighting combat series. Blazing Angels Squadrons with a World of World War II was released back in 2006 and featured realistic planes and enjoyable missions straightforward from the historic books. <laughs> Even saw later a we released with motion controls, but the game received a follow-up with the following year, a secret mission of World War II. Unfortunately, the franchise has been silenced ever since. With the recent advances in technology, exemplified by the implements of features on Microsoft Flight Simulator, a new Blazing Angels game could previously outdo the entries and spark new interest in the genre. And like combats like Blazing Angels could drop on the dozens of different aircraft models and have countless real-life missions based on their own upon. And now noticeable like even Pearl Harbor or even the Battle of the Britain could be replaced even better than before. With exciting details and new Blaze Angels title would be available to take full advantage while this simulating gap in the current gaming market. Playing games with Com have many focus with great titles over years and it is high time for a new one to enter into the genre. Blazing Angels is a perfect example for a franchise that deserves a return era, although naturally with new games could just as come as welcome as, of course, with World War II as a popular setting, with many visiting military themes franchise for both new and long running. However, as of late, the mostly been shooters focus on those ground troops. There's many of Cod of Call of Duty games set in the World War II era, for example, but Blazing Angel could be just the franchise to bring back the flight fight to the skies. Here's another one, I guess, if you guys are Persona 5 fans or Persona 6 fans, I guess you guys will like this one. So, from March 20, from March 11th, 2023 to May, 20, May 7th of 2023, the Persona 25th Fest will take a place at an ACC gallery in Osaka. The rerun will same the event that was the same Satama in 2022. This will be available from February 4th, 2023 to start from... 108 Japan from yen from 1800 yen to during the purchase of the Persona 25th Fez you can be able to see the standees of the Personas as well as look at the art prints as well there will also be exclusive limited goods for the purchase the key visual for the Persona 25th Fest has all the protagonists standing in line including Katon who is the female protagonist in P3P 
and the graffiti from behind them shows all the imaging colors from the game as well as the symbols and styles from each one. For example, you can see the jagged lines from Persona 5's post-battle scene as well as a rainbow prevalent in Persona 4 user's interface. Some pictures of the exhibition includes school uniforms and mannequin of on mannequins, as well as the giant statues of protagonist Persona. There is a timeline of displaying of the mainline games, along with this display as far as goods as you can purchase. You can get items like a coaster, or a mug, or a T-shirt, or there is even a label special coffee blends that you'll get dripped in coffee. Alright, and now it's time for this. This is the final story of today, so let's get down to the final topic of the gaming news, and here we go. Animal Crossing players share how the New Horizons got them through the pandemic. Animal Crossing's New Horizons came out as an opportune, opportune time, which, which is developers probably didn't intend, and it was nearly now three years ago now. What time is it? Where are the exact time date being in March 2020? For many of this date will be associated with the time and when the countries around the world started taking a serious note in a certain virus that was starting to spread. Borders closed, offices closed, lockdowns were imposed in the ensuing months. But one game seemed to have been especially helpful for people to pass the time in that fraught time. It is crazy how perfect Animal Crossing New Horizons was for the COVID-19 lockdowns. And read a thread on Resra, and it's telling how much the sentiment of the chimes with others. I didn't think any other good game could have helped me get through the pandemic the same way. The OP wrote, It seems New Horizons caught many imaginations at a time when a real-world horizon seemed to be closing in with even non-gamers. I remember seeing many, um, many friends on social media who bought a switch and switch site and just to play the ac and these are folks who didn't have to share anything game related came as one comment after another my daughter said on was on animal crossing or minecraft every single day with her friends and it became the definite hangout and helped her strengthen her ties with her friends and our nieces who lived in makaro News articles from that period and the atlas to the success of Nintendo enjoyed, Nintendo posted a five-fold profit jumped as Animal Crossing sales topped in $22 million as a recruit report from August 2020. Headlined the game, which seen players that building homes on an island, carrying out a simple task like weeding, gardening, providing appealing and many cooped up in their homes. New Horizons sold 10.6 million units in the first quarter of that lockdown hit year, while Nintendo Switch sales were on the surge at a time when it was difficult to purchase them. I just got it because of COVID, and I saw my girlfriend playing it, and I was looking like what I needed, and I became really obsessed with it, with a registered user. But then disbelieved the comment when they, it was echoed by my voice, I can't believe Nintendo stopped supporting when they did. The lack of updates and DLC support has such a popular game, and has been incredibly a popular title, with sales reaching over 40 million to date. And it's baffled players and also crazy how Nintendo has stopped supporting it and letting it die. They had a gold mine there when commented. Nintendo released its last major update on the game in November 5th of 2021 with the version 
update and Happy Home Paradise paid DLC. Since then, only a minor patch of updates have been released. However, not everyone keeps a certain fondness of the game. It's linked to the banner for me because there's a, such a sadness to the game that keeps me from playing. One wrote, but many of others expressed the gratitude and appreciation of the new horizons that have turned up light at the time that it did. And I expressed gratitude and appreciation. It, it was a perfect game for most and it was also a perfect, definitely the perfect game for that particular point in time. I spent like over 300 hours and over six months playing with my friends. And summarized another line, meanwhile, while other even used the game to protest with Hong Kong turning to Animal Crossing New Horizons and as a venue for political demos when this certain, when this was curtailed in the real world as this Eurogamer featured. Alright, and I think that is it for today's most Aaron All Station Radio. And thank you guys so much. And it has been the host with the most, the one and only Aaron All Station Radio. If you guys like more podcasting news and more gaming news, please make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. I'd love you guys to listen to the podcast as well. And also as top on that, I love you guys to make sure you give me a follow as well on all my socials. You guys will see anything else below. And also, one other final thing, please, guys, have a good day. And remember, keep gaming, keeping yourself, but also have a good one. And stay tuned next time for Aaron All Station Radio.